HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by the International Culinary Center. Culinarycenter.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. If you own a restaurant and want to run your social media, PR, and marketing on your own, stay tuned to this boot camp episode of Tech Bytes. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. Are you listening to that amazing little techno ditty from DJ Uptown Nico? If you're tapping your foot and bopping your head, you know that means it's Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. and it is time for Tech Bites, the weekly radio show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today we're out in Bushwick, Brooklyn, as we always are in the backyard of Roberta's Pizza in two repurposed shipping containers, which are the Heritage Radio Network studio. It is Martin Luther King Day. I'll take a pause for respect and a salute. And you know it's a holiday because the dining room here is packed, and there are a bunch of strollers parked in the radio vestibule, which is never, ever the case. So we always talk about food and technology, and today that technology is going to be your digital media, your social media, your digital PR, and your digital marketing. And in the studio with me, I have a woman who I've known for a long time, but have never had to pronounce her last name (laughs) on the air, Eva Karagorgis. 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 Hi. We are um, real-life friends, but we met in the digital world at Guilt. She was in Guilt City doing a lot of hospitality, chef-driven event programming, and I was running the PR and the marketing at Guilt Taste back in the day. Back in the day. That was a long time ago. I know. Amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But those were good days. It was a lot of fun. That was a, that was a really fun. fun place to work. It really was. It was, the, it was kind of the perfect place to work at that moment in time. Also. Exactly. I always have felt that way about that place, about the people that I met, meeting you. It was just there was something about those six months to a year that were just, it couldn't have been a better mix of people and things going on in the food world. And we were kind of, you know, on the cusp of something there. So she is here to talk about social media, PR, marketing, and all those things we need to do online. But before we get into that, we're going to do like we always do. We start every show like a good meal with an appetizer, and we go around the shipping container, and we talk about favorite apps, new apps, old favorites. And today, playing the part of Jack Inslee, we have the amazing Liz Smith. Hello, hello. Always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I feel like like it's a special treat and a holiday when you come. Well, it is a holiday technically, right? So it's like we planned it. Exactly. Do you have a good app for us this week, Liz? Well, I'm going to be a little boring because, I don't know, since the new year began, I've just run out of music to listen to or I've killed all of the good music that I, I did like, listened to it too much. So I'm going to highlight 
Audible's app today because I've gotten into listening to books on tape when I'm not listening to podcasts, of course. So Audible, $15 a month, pretty much unlimited books to listen to. And some of them have amazing narrators. So right now I'm making my way through the, uh, wait for it, Game of Thrones books. Wow. I've got to prep for when the new season starts, I believe, in April. Do you watch the TV show? Absolutely. Okay. And you had read the books or no? This is my first time through. So I'm getting a lot, lot, lot of backstory. So as a nerd, I love it. (laughs) Do they have any of the actors from the show reading it or who's, who's the, who's the voice? They don't have any of the actors on the show. I can't think of the man's voice, but he he's amazing. He does character voices. It's like having your friendly British grandfather read you this book. So I couldn't ask for more. Okay, that sounds like a good one. (laughs) And also convenient for the subway commute ride into Bushwick. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, if you're sick of music and your podcast is on hold at the minute, uh, check out Audible. Their their app is super friendly to use. You can download things just like you can on Spotify, so you can listen offline. Yeah. Cool. Even do you have an app you like now? I do, actually, and I, I think I learned about this on your show a few months ago, Mindspace, the meditation app. I've always tried to flirt with uh, meditation. I never knew how to do it or what I was doing. So this app, it's so easy. I just It just guides you through one-minute, two-minute, three-minute long meditations. You can do it anytime, anyplace. Um, and it's just really helped me uh, relax a little bit, meditate, learn how to meditate, because I'm you know, I'm not there yet. I think it's it's definitely a journey, but um, it's a great start. Well, anyone who really actually knows how to meditate will probably tell you that it's like a lifetime practice. Right. Yes. Like yoga. Exactly. You know? So I'm getting really into it. So um, I think Mindspace is an, it's an awesome app. I mean, I honestly, at this point, I couldn't even live without it. It's been so useful because it makes it easy. It makes meditation easy. Wonderful. Yeah. So that's perfect. It's nice. And I think that I talked about that on the episode, which was titled Disconnect from Your Tech. That's right. Where we're trying to provide a counterpoint to turn off every now and again. Exactly. Because so much of our lives is on the phone, on the computer, always. Exactly. Well, that being said, this is a great uh, segue into this show. Perfect. (laughs) And you said you haven't done radio before. (laughs) You're a natural. (laughs) So last year, I participated in a panel called Social Media 101 at the Cranes New York Business Made in New York kind of trade show and made in New York food products and food businesses from New York City and New York State. And throughout the course of the day, they had a bunch of different programs and seminars. And I was on, I was speaking on a seminar, Social Media 101. And the thing that really struck me is at the end of the session, we had question and answers, and we had a pretty full room, maybe you know, 50 or 60 people, and everyone started asking very specific questions about their business. Should I be on Snapchat? How many times a day do I have to post on Twitter? Mm-hmm. What kind of website do I need? Do I need to be taking orders online? And what I found was, as I started to answer the questions and and talk with people, most of the people in the room were small business owners, yogurt company, small restaurant, butcher shop, granola company, and they were running their business and trying to run their PR and marketing and social media on their own. And it was overwhelming to them. It was overwhelming to them because they're running a business and don't have enough time in the day to kind of do anything else. It was overwhelming to them because they just didn't really understood understand how it works, how to use it properly, what the benefits are, how to create benefit and opportunity for the businesses. So at the end of the session, you know, I, I had some people approach me about, you know, conversations, you know, would I do consulting? Are there other seminars? Are there other classes? And that really made me think we really need to do a boot camp episode on the real basics of what you need fundamentally to just sort of be in the game in the PR and marketing and social media today. I really liken social media and digital today to being in the yellow pages. Yeah. 
so much of it, I mean, you can create a super amazing campaign that has viral impact and lots and, you know, thousands and thousands of followers, but on a very, very basic fundamental level, it's like being in the yellow pages or being in the phone directory. It's how people find your business in a very basic sense. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's kind of, so it's kind of putting yourself on the map, hanging a shingle out there on the digital road. And then from there, you can grow into strategic campaigns around holidays and products and things like that. So Eva has a great New York City-based company called Mona Creative. She's a partner. She's a partner with two other amazing, talented media journalists, marketing folks. So she's going to walk us through, sort of from A to Z, what you got to do if you want to be in the game. Exactly. So I think the first thing that people need to do and remember is to get over the fear of social media or digital marketing. Um, it's a necessary it's a necessary aspect of your business. It's a necessary aspect of um, of the market of your marketing plan, essentially. In your experience, what are the some of the top fears people have? What's the thing you hear the most? Uh, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what Instagram is. I don't know Facebook. Uh, I, I don't know Twitter. And when you don't know something, you, of course, are afraid of using We fear it. the unknown. Exactly. It's a human characteristic. Exactly. Um, and, you know, one of my first jobs is to show people how easy it is. It's very easy. And you make it your own. So, for example, if you only have a few hours a week to dedicate to it, here's how you can do it. If you have a dedicated social media person, marketing person, PR person, whatever it is that can do it, here's a strategy that you can use. So you can make it work for you. You don't have to work for social media. You can make it work for you and for your brand. So one of the analogies that I like to use when we talk about social media and digital marketing and PR, I think one of the misconceptions is people think it's, it is a one-size-fits-all. There's all this social media stuff out there. You have to participate in all of it. You have to participate in it in a specific way. Posts, tweets, photos, inspirational messaging. Right, right. But this, I, I think one of the first things, and this might be a good starting point, is what is the purpose of your business and who are your customers? And what kind of digital media you do will be focused to your product and the people you want to talk to. And it's kind of like training for a sport. I say, if you want to run a marathon, you're not going to train on a bicycle. Right. You're going to run. Right. <laughs> and you're going to run long distance. And you're going to do activities to make you a better long distance runner. If you want to run in a triathlon then you have to ride the bike and you also have to swim, but you wouldn't be powerlifting right. <laughs> or something else. So if you think about social media like sports and training for a specific sporting event and you're an athlete in a specific event, if you want to play tennis, you're not going to be a swimmer. Right. So I think one of the first things is to sit down and identify what's my business, what am I selling, and who are my customers? Absolutely. Um, and that's, that can also be a struggle for people when they're just starting a business. And that's, you know, definitely part of our job, um, you know, being a marketer is to help define that for people. So how do you do that? Um, usually by asking questions. It's usually pretty simple. You know, for example, if it's a restaurant and you're downtown um, and it is your first restaurant and it is a uh, pizza place, you know, it's a neighborhood spot, you can easily identify what who your customer is there. However, you know, all these things are fluid, right? You don't really know until you open or until you start your business. So I always ask people to be really flexible and not just kind of um, put themselves or their brand into a box because ultimately the customer will tell you um, what they want. So, and you do have to be, uh, you do have to be, or you should be fluid with that. Um, but the very first step when it comes to that, you know, it, after you identify that and what you want, and, and again, I go back to this all the time and how much time you have to dedicate to digital marketing is also really key. Um, there are certain steps that we take before you launch your business. The first step always is to build your website. This can be done very easily on Squarespace. You can do it yourself. You do not have to pay hundreds or thousands of dollars to anybody. However, if you do have that money, that's great. You can build out a custom website as well. 
So Squarespace is a really easy turnkey website building company. You go to squarespace.com, and it's really actually reasonably priced. I think it starts off at about $9 a month. Yep. Um, And you pick a template, you pick a name, it will help you create, you know, purchase the URL for your business. If you, Mona Creative, you know, you could help purchase that. It'll help you create email addresses if you want to. It'll have a variety of templates that you just drag and drop pictures and and things into. And so it's a very easy way to walk through. Squarespace is one. Wix is another one. Mm -hmm. Um, WordPress is another one. I feel like there are new ones popping up every day. All the time. You can also do uh, websites off of Apple.me sites. Yes, that's true. So there's a lot of resources out there for people to build their own websites. And if you can kind of use a computer and use a mouse and click and drag something, you can build your own website. And maybe it would take a couple days initially. Maybe it would take a couple hours. But once it's set up, then you're pretty much up and running. So I, I, I do think building a website is one of those things that people get a little fearful of also because... It's everything from, yeah, we'll build you a website for $50,000. Right, exactly. And, and you can do it yourself. And a lot of times people don't realize how easy a site like Squarespace or WordPress makes it because it's a template. So you, it's just plug and play. You choose your images. You choose what pages you want up. You write the copy. Um, and, you know, it'll... It goes live, you know, a few days or so before your brand launches. For example, there's also an e-commerce aspect. So if you're selling things online, you could easily link up um, an e-commerce tool on Squarespace. Um, and, you know, it's, it's getting comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, if you don't know how to do something on Squarespace, you can actually Google it. You know, how do I put an image on the landing page? People forget that, that you can Google things like that and you don't have to, you know, search around uh, and play around with Squarespace for hours. Um, you can also, YouTube's a great resource for that also. Absolutely. Because I've gone to YouTube and just plugged in how to... You know, do something, <laughs> totally. and then you get hundreds and hundreds of videos of yep. people explaining to you how to do something. That's a great point, actually. I mean, I, I some think- are good, some are less good, but some are amazing. Yeah. And some of the video content on YouTube, in terms of the how-to and the educational space, is created by companies who ultimately want to sell you more video and how-to, but they'll give the public a lot of these initial things for free. Yeah, it's a very, very good point. So it, it, it's easy. There are ways around it. There's ways around um, you know, the, the fear and the unknown of, of building a website. But that's definitely step one for any brand. Um, you know, any brand or business. Any brand Get or a business. website. Exactly. Even Get a if website. it's a single page Exactly. Even if it's just a landing page and you don't have any time. And, you know, I say this to uh, our new our restaurant clients a lot that are that are launching. You know, it just has to be a landing page. That's all. People just want need to know where to find you. They need to know where to find your address. They need to know where to find your phone number. Um, they need to know see your menu, you know, you don't even need photos up there of your menu or your dishes. I, I really don't think that you need that anymore. Um, it just needs to look uh, presentable, clean, and it needs to have the information um, that that consumers want from you. So, and that could be also, you know, making reservations through your website. Um, that could be purchasing products as well. So, you just need that's that's sort of you know that's the key place where consumers are going to find you is your website. So, consumers are going to find you directly when they look for you. But consumers can also find you indirectly if they Google you or they search for you, because once you have a website present, that means all the different search engines can search it also. So then your potential opportunity for discovery increases if you have a website. Absolutely. And also, you know, if you are just starting a business and you do have a marketing plan, you also have to remember um, that there's media involved as well. So as soon as media hits, they need to know you're going to want, they're going to want to link to something. So, and that's going to be your website. Um, And your website should be live, should be live, you know, um, around the same time media hits as well. You don't want it live, um, you know, too far in advance of that when people can't actually get your product, whether it's a restaurant or, um, you know, uh, a a yogurt delivery company or something like that. Um, That's another key thing is timing is, is, is also something you need to keep in mind. So speaking of timing, we're about halfway through. This is the perfect moment to take a break to hear from our amazing sponsor, the International Culinary Center, which if you're interested in learning how to cook, you might want to listen up. 
The International Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. Well, if you're just tuning in and wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes, the weekly radio show on the heritageradionetwork.org where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today that technology is digital media, marketing, and PR boot camp for people who are opening a restaurant, have a food business, and really are trying to figure out how they can manage their online presence to the greatest commercial benefit. In studio today, we have Eva. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It's Eva Karajorgis. Thank you very much. You're welcome. A partner at Mona Creative, which is a New York City-based shop that specializes in all things digital marketing, PR, and media, with an extra special expertise around all things culinary. So before the break, we were talking about the first thing you need to do if you have a business or you're getting ready to open a business is to put up a website. And that's the first piece. There are a lot of services out there which are very simple, easy to walk through. That started about $9 a month. And they will help you get a URL, get emails, e-commerce, and all those kinds of things. So once we have our website up, what's step two? So step two would be um, setting up your social media plan. So this is the part I think that scares most people. Um, And the first thing that you need to assess is what social media channels should I be on? Um, And then the second thing you need to assess at the same time is who's managing this. Now, for example, if it is someone in-house at a restaurant, for example, a general manager, which um, we always recommend it's somebody in-house, um, they might only have a, sp- a certain amount of time in the day to dedicate it, to dedicate to social media. If you are a multi-chain um, establishment, you might have a dedicated social media person, um, therefore your plan could be a little bit more robust. Um, but most people, for what we recommend, if you just have a few hours in the week to dedicate to social media, Definitely set up a Facebook page as a business page because that is also another place that people can find you. So, for example, when they're Googling you, if they're on Facebook, you want to be able to um, have users find you via via Facebook. And that so, could, what's sure. the difference between a page and? my regular Facebook account. So your regular Facebook account is your personal account where people you you know you 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 add friends and you share photos. It's a lot more um, robust than a business page for example. A business page will have your location, address, it'll have a map tied to it as well. You don't necessarily need to be posting updates on Facebook. I I think it's irrelevant for most food brands, especially uh, restaurants. I think it can be very time consuming. If you have content to share and you have time to share it, I think that's great for on a Facebook page. But the first step and the first thing you need to do is just set one up. Uh, Put your logo on there. Put the who, what, where, when, why, you know, make sure that the that it's connected to um, that there's a link to your website as well, a little blurb about your business. Um, and I, I think from there, you can kind of adjust and see how much time you have to dedicate to that page. Most people don't have a lot of time. So that's why we recommend at the very least setting up a business page. One of the other big differences between a personal Facebook account and a page account When you're a person, you max out at 5,000 friends. Right. And a page can have an infinite number of likes. Exactly. So that's aspirational right there. (laughs) The other thing is that when you're a person on Facebook, your account, if someone wants to be friends with you, you have to approve that relationship and say, yes, I would like to be friends with them. And then you can start to engage in that conversation. A page does not require that interaction. The public can come and like your page. And that's it. They're there. And then they can see everything and be a part of that community. So it also makes it um, has a greater potential for greater reach and is also easier because you don't have to approve every single engagement 
with the public as it comes in. Exactly. Yeah, those are really great points. And another thing um, that I'm reminded is also events. You know, once your business picks up and you decide to, um, whether it's a restaurant hosting special dinners, um, whether it's weekly or monthly, or it's a brand and you are having a a signature series that you're doing, you know, maybe it's annually or or biannually, whatever it is, um, it is a great place to actually create events and invite people. um, By people, I mean all of your Facebook fans um, to those events so that they know about it as well. So that's almost like a secondary little business mini website, mini web presence to do the Facebook page. Correct. The next thing is to figure out, so that's one social media channel. So definitely Facebook sounds like it's should be almost mandatory. Definitely. After that, I, to your point, I think the social media part is really scary. How do people, businesses decide or know which social media channels are the best for them. And when we say channels, we really mean the apps, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. How do people know what's right for them and their business? It's a good question. I think you have to figure out first, the first step is what kind of business are you in? Now, if you're a publisher, it makes sense for you to have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and actually push out your content on all of those streams um, in, in Snapchat if you have time. Um, if you are a, if it's a product or um, a restaurant, I definitely recommend Instagram at the very least. I don't think Twitter is necessary um, unless you have news to share all the time, every single day, which most likely is not going to happen if you are, if you have, um, you know, if it's a, if it's a small artisanal again yogurt company or cheese company or uh, a restaurant. Instagram is is the next step. Uh, always recommend. I will always recommend Instagram. Why? It's visual. One of the things that's visual. So people, if they haven't had a chance to experience your business yet or your product yet, um, they can feast on it through their eyes. So I think Instagram is very important there. I also think that there are millions of people using Instagram every single day. And there's a lot of tools within Instagram that you can utilize in order to promote your brand. For example, you know, the first step is to set up an Instagram account and it should be very simple. It the, the handle should just be your business name. Um, if that's taken, it's your business name, maybe NYC or, or Brooklyn. Um, I think, you know, business name and location usually tends to work really well as well. Um, Making sure that in your profile you have your website, phone number, and address. Um, I think that's very important. And then you should start posting a few images of your product. They've got to be beautiful images. I mean, I think people sometimes don't really understand what that means, Um, but a clear photos are really important. Use Instagram filters if you have to. That's what they're there for. Um, And then, you know, from there, you need to start following the right people. For example, um, if you're just launching your business, um, you know, and you know some media or some press is going to hit in, you know, three days, during those three days or, or as the press is hitting, start following the right people, influencers, press, publishers, whatever it is, so that they know you're there. They get those notifications and they're like, oh, Roberta's, I think I read about that somewhere. Oh, I know what it is. And they click on it and they'll follow you back. So it's really, all that timing is really, really important. And of course, ensuring you're posting, we recommend at least once a day, um, Uh, posting a photo once a day um, from someone in-house. I don't think you need to hire in the beginning someone who's dedicated to social media. I think it should be a GM at the restaurant or someone who's there daily, an owner. Um, If it's a brand, it should be the founder. Um, Those are usually the best people that understand the voice of the brand and like the look and uh, and the tone and the feel of the brand. Um, And then from there, you know, I think you, you need to kind of cultivate over the next few months you know, what this Instagram account looks like. You know, I'm personally, and I think a lot of people are just sick of food shot, food shot, food shot. You know, what about the interiors or what about something a little bit fun? You know, if you look at um, Jack's Wife Frida, for example, or by Chloe, they have a lot of fun with their Instagram accounts. It's not just about their food. They'll post, you know, great um, outfits of people at the restaurants, you know. (laughs) They they make it, it's integrated. So every time you're looking at it, it's not just like, okay, here's the same, 
here's another dish on their menu, you know, that gets really boring. People want to, to participate in the vibe of the place as well. So a really great way, I think, to learn and figure out who the influencers are or what the possibilities are with Instagram or maybe other accounts to follow. If you're a business owner, a restaurant, you know, cheese shop, look for people in your neighborhood. Look for other businesses in your neighborhood that you like, that you like the look of that shop, you like the owners, you like the product. Google them. Take a look at their website. Take a look at their Facebook page. See if they're on Instagram. See who they follow. It's The great thing about social media is that there's so much of it out there. That's a really easy way to start to see how it works. So take a look at businesses that are in your neighborhood. Take a look at the magazines that you like to read. Do you read you know, New York Magazine every other week? Yeah. Do, you, do you follow those food writers? Look for them on Instagram and see you know, how they take pictures, see the places they go to, look at the hashtags they're using, chefs that you like, writers you like, a cookbook you like. So as you start to build your own feed and the people you follow in Instagram or the people you like on Facebook, you can really take a look at them. And if they're well-established and they're very successful, that can be almost the easiest way to start to create something yourself. And I think the other thing to remember, which is very important and helps Um, make it a little bit less scary is that if you really don't like it, you can delete it. (laughs) Wow. That's deep right there. It's very true. You can always delete it, edit it, take it down, put it back up. Yes, you are in control. Always. Always in control. I think that's one of the biggest things that's a great reminder for people is that you're always in control of, uh, of your social media. Um, the other great thing about Instagram also, if you're a new business, um, is that you can tell people, show people and users that you are out there by liking um, photos of people who have posted, for example, from the restaurant across the street um, or people who have liked, uh, you know, a similar uh, product, for example, if we're talking about Faya yogurt, you know, if if they're just launching, you, they might look at uh, Chobani's feed and like everyone's photos who have liked Chobani's photos because they're probably into yogurt as well. So I don't know why I'm talking about yogurt so much today. I must, Are you hungry? I think so. We're going to have pizza soon. I can't wait. Um, so another thing, I, you know, this goes for restaurants as well. You know, if you're opening here in Bushwick and you're opening a pizza place here, smart idea, start your Instagram account, start posting, and why don't you look at a Roberta, people who are geotagging Roberta's, and, you know, like their Instagram photos. You know, those these are probably locals. They're people who like pizza. They're people who, you know, may live in Bushwick or, or are interested in coming out here for, for, for whatever reason. Um, and that's a great way of saying, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're here too. So we have... Build the website, mm-hmm. build the Facebook business page, Yes. set up an Instagram account. Yes. What's next? So from there, this, kind of, this is where it gets a little bit dicey because I think those three elements are the most important to uh, manage and keep up over the course of um, your business launch. I do think that some businesses might want to get into the business of being on Twitter. Um, now, I call it the business of being on Twitter because you really need to be consistent on Twitter and you need to keep tweeting a lot. So you need Define to- a lot because that was a question I got many, many times mm-hmm. at the seminar and people ask that all the time. How many times a day do I need to post on Twitter? How sure. many times a day do I need to post on Instagram? Sure. Instagram once a day. You know, I think once a day is is great. Once every other day is fantastic. Um, ultimately, what it comes down to is, is if, if you have a great photo, I wouldn't compromise. You know, I wouldn't force yourself to post once a day if you don't have amazing content. Or consistency. Yeah. If you're going to post every two days, post every two days. Exactly. If you're going to post every day post every day. Exactly. You're going to post once a week on freaky Friday foods. (laughs) Post once a week 
and do the Freaky Friday foods. Is that a real hashtag? I'm yeah. Look that up. Yeah. I got to look that up. Um, exactly. Consistency is key. Um, you know, you don't want to be seem so erratic and post five brunch photos in a row on Saturday morning. That's just not going to work. That's going to make people unfollow Unless you're you. having a special event. Okay, yes. Unless you're having a special <laughs> event, then that's And fine. the exception to the rule is the exception to the rule. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, for Twitter, the thing is, the struggle with Twitter is that um, it's sort of two parts. One you know, you do need to tweet consistently. So again, I I think that's three to four times a day. I really do. You know, it's kind of like a morning, noon and night type of thing, because you're getting different users at different points looking, um, looking at your feed or it might pop up, you know, at different times of the day. Um, However, it's what are you sharing? What are you sharing? You know, for a if you're opening a restaurant, you know, I, I don't think Twitter is that I, I don't think it's that necessary because you're going to keep sharing the same information, new, you know, new menu items, specials, you know, no one's really looking at Twitter for that. You can do that on Instagram. So just might as well just cut that out. Um, however, if, you know, you are, if it's a product, maybe it's a, a bread company, for example, they could think of a smart strategic Twitter, a way to like own bread and grains on Twitter, for example, by not, it's, so it's not just about the brand anymore, but people can go to their feed for, I don't know, f- you know, news on, national news on bread, you know, bakeries or, or, or something like that. So owning a certain, um, a certain silo on Twitter, I think is really important instead of just pushing out specials and new products. Um, you know, I don't think people really care about that. They want news. They want little snippets of news um, that's easily digestible. And, you know, they want in and out of Twitter and that's it. Well, in the restaurant space, mm-hmm. there are restaurants that use Twitter to announce suddenly open available restaurants, suddenly open special events, sort of things that are happening in real time yep. in small pieces, which I think can be very helpful. Um, I really do think of Twitter as a news feed. Exactly. My personal Twitter feed has a lot of, you know, everything from the White House to TMZ to the New York Times to, you know, different chefs and people that I follow so that when I scroll through, I'm sort of getting a snapshot of what's happening in in real time that day. Right. I think one of the interesting ideas to consider, and again, it's sort of going back to the, uh, the sports analogy, if you think about these different media channels as different sports, each one requires different piece of equipment, mm-hmm. different kind of focus. And I think one of the mistakes people make is creating a single post that starts on Instagram and then goes to Facebook and then goes to Twitter and then sort of dominoes down the line. Yeah. And while that's efficient in one sense in terms of timing, each channel is very specific and has its own personality. And I think now consumers are so savvy, they see that and they think people are maybe being lazy or yeah. they realize it's sort of just a general thing. Or if you follow someone in all three of those channels, you almost sort of want to have a special message for each of those channels. I agree. And that's a, that's a very good point. Um, a lot of people do this with Twitter. They just automatically push their Instagram photo to Twitter and that doesn't really resonate a lot of times it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make sense um, a lot of times it does as well um, but you know it feels sometimes a bit or at least for for a brand to keep on doing that it feels a bit lazy I think you'd want to take a little bit more control um, over those social media accounts if you can if you have the time of course um, than just be pushing from one social media channel to another I do think it's relevant sometimes you know Maybe it's something as simple as a new um, product that you have. Okay, then that can make sense because it's really easy. It's probably just a couple words and that's it. Um, but I do think you want to dedicate the time to do it right. So the app that I was going to call out at the top of the show, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't because I got so excited to turn right into the topic, <laughs> was Hootsuite. Yes. So Hootsuite is a social media management tool and a dashboard There is a computer desktop version. There is an app version for Apple and Android. It's free um, on a small scale level. They have a small free version, and then you can incrementally buy bigger, more powerful versions if you're a business. Hootsuite is amazing because it allows you to plug in 
Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, specific accounts, and then write and create posts and schedule them to publish from now, almost like till the end of time. Yeah. I, think. Yeah. I mean, Hootsuite <laughs> right. goes out pretty far. Yeah. You can choose when you'd like to publish something. Like if I wanted to publish something at 1 p.m. on a Monday and say, hey, turn into, tune into Tech Bytes. Hootsuite also has the behind the scenes workings of the different mathematical calculations and algorithms and everything yeah. that will basically read through your social media streams and tell you when the optimum time is to post it. And you can even have an auto schedule feature. So to Eva's point earlier, which is decide who in your business is going to be in charge of this and you know, as she said, it always works better when it's someone in-house who's very close to the product or the restaurant who really understands it and lives it and breathes it. This would be a great tool where that person could sit down for an hour a day or a couple hours, you know, once a week or something like that and manage everything in one kind of mission control yeah. place. It's so useful. I love Hootsuite. I mean, I, I've used it for years. Um, and the fact that you can just kind of, you know, it's like set it and forget it. You know, it's it's what it is. Uh, it makes it really easy, especially um, when you're when you should focus on running your business. That you can just spend a few hours doing it, or whoever can do this, spend a few hours a week plugging things into Hootsuite for the next week or two weeks or whatever it is, um, and then you just don't have to think about it. And I think that is so helpful and it really gives people back their time and a certain amount of stress that someone might feel of like having to post, you know, three times a day on, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is. Um, it's a great project. It's a great, you know, management tool. I think it also goes, goes to giving people a little bit of time and space to get used to it and acclimate to it and sort of a, a time to conquer their fear and find their voice. Yeah. To your point, it's so intimidating that if you don't have the pressure of hitting publish or post right in that moment with all the things that are happening around you, the phone is ringing, customers are walking in, right. the UPS guy is there. Um, you know, if you have a quiet moment on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, you can in over the course of, you know, having a cup of coffee or something, just sort of plan things out in a calm and, and orderly fashion. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that you can just get back to work and, and do what you do best. I think, you know, this, this uh, using digital media, your website and social media, all people have to remember that they're in control and it all ben it benefits you at the end of the day. So the more time you put into it, the more, the more strategic you are about it um, or strategic about the time that you have as well, it's only going to help you. And I think that, um, you know, it, it's just, a, it's really, really important to maintain that it's free also, you know, why wouldn't you do, do, do something that's free and that's going to get your name out there um, and make it work for you. Making it work for you is the biggest thing. So We've been talking about a lot of positive things that you do on the web and in social media, being in control of your photos and your streams and your comments and putting a really positive experience out there. The internet is also notorious for being a place where the public, it's, you know, open season for the public to take shots at restaurants yep. and businesses. Absolutely. So, Talk a little bit about how businesses should deal with negative feedback and negative commentary. Yeah. Um, either directed, you know, directly at the restaurant in, or the business in one of these social media channels or directed at them at a website like a Yelp or an open table. Um, you know, the great thing about the online world is we all get to connect with everyone and, and that can be a great thing and that can be a... a an intimidating and potentially, uh, you know, aggressive thing as well. So yeah, do can. people jump in the fray and, you know, kind of fight back? Do you not, do you recommend, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. Do you, you know, offer free things, you know? Yeah. Do you it's, get trapped between a rock and a hard place where then everybody wants a free thing? Do right. you? Right. It's a, it's, it's a really great question, actually. I mean, the first thing, and this goes for social media because you're in control of that, right? The first thing we always recommend is that you address it very quickly and you should address it. Every time, 
all the time. So if somebody had a bad experience, absolutely address it. Apologize for it. Invite them to come back in for a meal or a drink or however you want to um, manage that situation. So when you say immediately, Mm -hmm. what what do you mean in terms of a time frame? So as soon as you see that comment pop up on Instagram, for example, immediate to me is, is within the next few hours. Okay. Yep, it's as, it's as soon as possible because you just don't, you know, that's hospitality, right? And, and if we're talking about food brands or restaurants, you're in the business of hospitality, and that's part of it. So when you're responding to someone, do you need to have the entire communication be in public? Can you have them get in touch privately? I mean, I, I agree that it's important for people to, for businesses to try and fix problems and make customers happy. But there are also a group of people out there in the public who really abuse the public forum and are perpetually just looking for, you know, a free meal or a free this or a free that. Or a fight. Or Some a fight. Some people are looking for a fight. Exactly. Now, there's so, so there's two different um, there's two different sort of negative comments you can get, right? The one where somebody has a bad experience is the one that you should address. And I think you respond to them in public on Instagram and have them email you or you email them, you know, whatever, however you choose to manage the situation. I- so the response would be something like, so sorry to hear that, you know, here's my email or here's my general manager's email or here's the restaurant email. Please email us and get in touch so we can take care of that take care of this or discuss exactly and so make the um make the apology and the intention public but then make the communication and whatever transaction you do with them private Private. exactly because you don't want to be going back and forth on social media about when do you want to come in um you know that that that's that's not necessary um now the second part you know there are those trolls out there who are just wanting to abuse a restaurant or a chef you're not yelping (laughs) episode of south park (laughs) is a great place to get a sense of what she's talking about right right um and i would ignore that you know i think you've got to keep it classy and hospitable you know you don't want to get involved and jump in on um a conversation when someone's just trying to beat you up for no reason i think it's best to let that go now there are times when that gets elevated and i think those situations need to be addressed as they happen depending on what's going on um because you never just you know People don't feel good about about taking it, but it happens rarely, you know. Now, when you're talking about Yelp, which is a whole other level of user. That's that's another show. We could do a whole show on (laughs) Yelp. Couldn't we? Yeah. I mean, I I think, again, there, depending on what somebody says, it's always kind of just best to not say anything because a lot of those people are just looking for a fight and honestly you people in restaurants and restaurants especially of course should use Yelp as informational you know if somebody had a bad experience on Friday night and the server was was you know maybe not that kind to them you know use that as a research tool and and maybe you address that with the server directly for example so we are just about out of time and um, I'm sad because we have so much more to talk about, but I think we covered some good ground, you know, in terms of how a restaurant or a business owner can start and manage their social digital media PR and marketing. Just to do a quick recap before we go, the first thing is to get a website. Yep. And there's a bunch of really great online services. Exactly. Squarespace. I highly recommend Squarespace. It's very easy to use. The second thing is start your social media accounts, a business page on Facebook, an Instagram account, and if you're feeling up to it, possibly a Twitter account. Exactly. And then if you're a little hesitant about running it, and actually I think it's just really efficient to run it, take a look at something like a Hootsuite or a social media management tool. Exactly. You can Google it. There are a couple of other ones that are out there. This is just one of the older ones that I've used for a long time that I'm most familiar with. A lot, a lot of information and potentially a lot of new things people need to learn how to use. And, you know, typically at the end of each show, I ask my guests for a piece of advice um, that listeners can use to try on their own. But I feel like this whole show was kind of one giant piece of advice. But I'll, I'll ask you just off the cuff, if you want to learn something new, mm-hmm. what, what do you think the best way is to learn something new? Stop being afraid. That's really the number one thing you've got to get. People are just so afraid of learning something new. And you just, I, I, I don't have a, a magic 
way to stop being afraid, but sometimes you just have to psych yourself out and just say, I can just do it. You know, just that, doing it can really just help. Oh my God. Like you learn something new by just doing it and just it's, it's mind over. It's always mind over matter. Just stop letting the noise just, you know, flow over you. It's, it's, you, you just have to do it. That's actually great advice for life and learning things generally, even yes. beyond social and digital media. That's great advice online and also offline Correct. in the real world. I want to thank, thank Eva. Kara Jorgis. Kara Jorgis <laughs> of Mona Creative in New York City. If you want to follow her Instagram feed, she is at Gastro Girls. And if you want to follow Mona Creative, they are at Mona underscore creative. I want to thank her for being a guest on Tech Bytes, the thank weekly you. HeritageRadio.org program. It is a .org because we are 100% member-supported radio. Listeners like you, if you love this show, check out the website, click on the beating heart, and throw us a couple of bucks. You know, maybe what you spent on your last slice of pizza. We'll take that money, make more radio. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bites. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.